Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It is now August, which uh, for those of us in local church and even other ministry contexts often means that it's uh, fall kickoff mode and uh, we're going to start planning and recruiting and team building uh, for our September launches, which means as a podcast, we want to spend some time profiling some of the areas of our local church where there are uh, kind of big emphases on uh, recruitment these days. And in doing that, it gives us a chance to kind of check in with those representative leaders and just kind of get their state of the union and hear their heart on how things are going in their world. And so uh, we're going to start this week uh, with our kids pastor, uh, our family life pastor. We call them a kids specialist. So I want to welcome Jade Bowie back to our podcast. Jade, how you doing? Hi, Jeff. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Uh, you have done this before. You're now a, a, a kids pastor, uh, seasoned veteran. So just uh, remind us a little bit of just kind of who you are, personal background and family context and all that so that we can uh, dive into the conversation. Yes, I feel like I've done this too many times now, but <laughs> for those of you who don't know who I am, um, my name is Jade. I am our kids pastor and the family pastor in Welland. So on Sundays, I spend my time mainly in Welland and um, connecting a lot with the families and kids in Welland. Um, I'm married to Greg. It'll actually be our 10-year anniversary in a couple of weeks. And we have three kids. Adeline is going to be seven tomorrow. Joel's five. And Naomi will be three next month. Um, So it's pretty busy in our home. That's uh, that's quite an active stage, but congrats on almost ten years. Thank you. <laughs> realize you 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 get at ten years. Apparently, you get to officially be a marriage mentor in our marriage ministry. I don't know if you. Uh, you yeah, know I don't that. think we're there yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are things going in your busy family world? Like, how's your summer? How how how's everything yeah, going? Things have been great. We've had an awesome summer. Um, we went away for just over two weeks at the beginning of July. Um, We went out to PEI. So we met my in-laws there and stayed in a beach house in PEI for a week. But Greg and I and the kids camped on the way out there and on the way back and saw so many different things. And it was just so fun, so refreshing, so good for our family. Um, We've we've camped within Ontario, but haven't done any traveling or big trips like that really since having kids. So... Yeah, it was long overdue, and now I have the travel bug and want to take the kids everywhere. (laughs) Is it just me, or is everyone in Canada going out east this summer? They are. We met up with people out there and just knew so many people who were out there kind of texting, where are you today? Where are you guys today? I think because we were supposed to go to Myrtle Beach with my in-laws in um, spring of 2020, which got canceled, and then we kept trying to reschedule, but I was quite nervous about trying to go over the border with the kids and the testing requirements. So in December, we decided to go to PEI instead. So I feel like a lot of people maybe decided to stay within Canada. I don't know. Yeah. Domestic travel has, uh, has really increased with all of the uncertainties around, you know, even at the last minute, what you could be shazammed with as far as border restrictions and testing and all that. So yeah, definitely a popular thing. Well, great. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Let's dive into our conversation about kids' ministry. But first of all, uh, I know, Jay, that the children's ministry is actually part of this larger umbrella that you're a part of called family ministry. So remind us again of kind of what family ministry exists to do and how it makes spiritual progress in children and developing young adults. Yeah. Um, so like you said, kids' ministry is part of our family ministry. And um, we work together to kind of cohesively be discipling and um, caring for babies all the way up to uh, kids when they turn 18 and become adults and their parents and caregivers and anyone who's part of that family unit. And our mission is really quite simple, and it's to bring kids and youth closer to Jesus. So we just want to be working together to move them in that direction um, in their understanding of who Jesus is and their relationship with them. Um, and we want to help them grow in their own faith, which we sometimes describe as developing. But I think actually adults also have developing faiths. Um, we're all always growing and learning and um, trying to draw closer to Jesus. Um, but in family ministry, we do that through three primary kind of streams which would be um, we think it's really important to partner with parents and caregivers as they are the primary spiritual influences in the lives of their kids and youth. Um, we get a short amount of time with them maybe every week or every other week these days, um, but they're with them in the home all the time and have the biggest impact. So we want to be supporting them and equipping them in their role as spiritual leaders. Um, and then we look cohesively, like I said, for a zero to 18, um, we call it maybe crib to college for our spiritual development plan and our curriculum, um, which teaches them in age appropriate ways and engages them in the life of the church as they grow up. And then we also want to be exposing them to the Southridge three-dimensional lifestyle of full devotion in age appropriate ways, um, you know, exposing them to the things that we also want the adults and parents and caregivers in our community to be living out, which would be gathering together, connecting in smaller groups and making a difference in the community. Yeah, so that they're being raised to follow Jesus kind of in the framework of little Southridgers, right? You know, and exactly. when they turn 18, they're not shocked that this church that they're now a part of as an adult is drastically different than the one that they were nurtured in in their, in their kids and, and youth programming. So. Totally. That's great. I guess my question is, you know, you've been a kids pastor now for a couple of years. Uh, which of those three aspects would you say that as a leader you find the most challenging to build? Mm -hmm. um, I think probably introducing them to the lifestyle of action that we try to live out at Southridge, because a lot of that does have to happen at home and during the week and become part of a lifestyle. Um so we really want to be, you know, focusing on equipping and building our small group leaders to maximize the time we have with them, to teach them about spiritual development and to, to connect with them and build relationships. Um, but we'll be working on kind of building in that action piece throughout the next year uh, a bit more intentionally and finding ways to do it, like I said, that are appropriate to their age, um, that, you know, are safe and inclusive um, and a lot of it would be involving families and what we're already doing at Southridge. Yeah, it's amazing how, I would say, especially in, in kids' ministry, there's such a strong paradigm for it being program-centered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can imagine for you to, to try to redirect, you know, not just kids, but, but even their parents, to be lifestyle-centered, 
and to even be missional centered uh, is is a challenge because you know I remember when my kids were were younger, like everything was a program, right? You sign them up for swimming lessons, you sign them up for piano, you sign them up for sports, or, you know, and and it was all about just kind of getting them to the program, to that hour or that that time, you know, in the in the calendar that was the space for that. And I think spiritually we can we can view things that way when it comes to raising our kids in, in faith is what are the things we can sign them up for that are going to stimulate that aspect of their development and uh I, I feel like that's where the the redirect of partnering with parents to appreciate that the primary spiritual influence isn't the program you sign your kid up for the primary spiritual influence is your home mm-hmm. is your every day you're doing your whatever and I know that I've talked to many parents who are kind of daunted or intimidated by by that notion, but the stats say, you know, believe it or not, that's real. And to come alongside and support parents in that lifestyle nurturing of children and developing adults is 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 really a challenge. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can imagine that that's a, a a tough part. While at the same time, you're running these programs, right? So to yeah. combat that paradigm is hard. Yeah. And, you know, we do, um, I think a lot of it is opening up, like in the time that we have with them at church and in our programs is kind of opening their eyes and introducing them um, to what it means to live a life of compassion and and justice and to follow Jesus in that way. And we do, um, through our programs, sponsor two kids through compassion. And I've been reflecting lately on how it's hard to kind of build relationships and really get the kids super involved in that. But I think a value is that it it does introduce them to why that's important, um, to what's going on in developing countries and other parts of the world. And I had a good uh, conversation just yesterday, actually, with um, a contact at Compassion and Nate Dirks, our action pastor, about um, you know how we can engage the kids in that relationship, um, how we can you know help them learn how to write letters and uh, in a bit better way and. Uh, different resources that we could use on Sundays throughout the course of a year that, um, yeah, that just would support that. Very cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, in, in saying that we're about the lifestyle and about the home more than programs, uh, I I gotta be honest and concede that we drive those through some primary programs. And so uh, let's take a moment and kind of review that uh, when it comes to to your world in, in children's ministry, how are the programs uh, kind of getting set to relaunch in September. I know you're looking at doing some tweaks uh, mm-hmm. to some of them. So describe what's coming down the pike. Yeah, it's going to be uh, exciting this September because we do have some changes coming to our our programs, um, which haven't really been announced yet. So if you're listening to this, you're getting the inside scoop. <laughs> um, but we've been talking for a while about um, kind of how we divide up the ages of the kids and what's the most age appropriate way to group them and to be engaging with them. We also switched uh, the curriculum that we used last year to a Canadian, more local um, curriculum, which has been great and really focuses on teaching them about Jesus and keeping Jesus at the center. Um, And it's also kind of opened up the door to rejig how we do things. Um, So we currently have uh, a nursery on Sunday mornings for babies ages zero up to two and a half. 
Um, and, you know, in there, we're, we're trying to introduce them to the love and care of what it means to be a church and have other caring adults in their lives. We do have some simple curriculum that we use, um, you know, different Bible stories or coloring sheets or crafts or songs that we can engage, especially with the older kids in there. That's going to stay the same. Um, then we have our Little Lights program. Um, and we're actually going to be changing the name of Little Lights to Junior Kids. Sorry, I should say... Little Lights has included nursery and preschool. Yeah, preschool, um, right. Preschool. And uh, we're actually going to be keeping all of our kindergartners together. So right now, preschool goes up to junior kindergarten. Um, but just like in the Canadian context, our kindergartners are used to being together. So we're going to keep our JKs and SKs together there. Um, so we can't call it preschool anymore. So we're going to call that junior kids. So we'll have our nursery. And then junior kids will be for two and a half all the way up to SK. Um, and they'll take in the same uh, Bible story and teaching together and then break up into small groups of the preschoolers and the kindergartners and we'll have different activities to reinforce their learning uh, for each of those age groups. Um, and then our MS program stands for Movers and Shakers. That's our kind of elementary aged program. Um, right now it goes from senior kindergarten to grade five. And since the SKs will be staying with the JKs, um, this program will become for grades one to five, and we're going to call it Senior Kids. So we're hoping that um, making those tweaks with the grades will actually work better for the kids and engage them in a better way. Um, and changing the names, we hope, will just kind of be a bit more streamlined. Um, will be still be fun and a place that kids want to go to, but also more clear for uh newcomers to our church for new families um, and we're going to model that with our youth programs at well as well so we'll have nursery junior kids senior kids and then junior youth and senior youth yeah, i love the simplicity of that and for people from southridge listening to the podcast know that this is a bit of an inside scoop we haven't rolled this out publicly yet so you're kind of getting the uh the insider information on that but to 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 have creative names for these different kind of age groups and stages is cool, but really functionally, Jade, kind of confusing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the way that you guys have simplified this. We have a nursery, junior kids, senior kids, junior high, senior high. You can track with the flow, especially if you're new. You know, you don't need all the M&S. What is riot? What is current? Like it, it uh, yeah, might have been cool, but it was <laughs> I kind think of confusing. It'll be, yeah. And, you know, I know like some people love those fun names and We'll be navigating that change together with the kids uh, and the parents and leaders. Um, I know my daughter has already said, no, I want to be a movers and a shaker, but it'll be fun. <laughs> she can still move her and shake her until her heart's content. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the ministry season that we're heading into, you know, kind of looking back the past year and then looking ahead. Um for you as a kids pastor, what, what would you say was your primary goal in this past year and how did that go? Yeah, so last year, I mean, last summer, we were reopening for in-person services coming out of the lockdowns and primarily being online. Um, and, you know, we were still navigating different waves and lockdowns. And um, I know we're not totally out of that yet, but uh, it was a different level last year for sure. 
So our focus was on rebuilding our teams, um, equipping our leaders, helping them feel safe and building trust uh, for when they were serving and, and being with the kids, um, as well as building that trust and safety with the parents who were, you know, maybe hesitant to, to leave their kids, kids who weren't used to being places other than home. Um, so it really was about building that trust and consistency and meeting people where they were at. Um, you know, we know that so many people have struggled in different ways uh, throughout the pandemic. And so our heart has really been, like I said, to meet people where they're at, um, whether they're attending in person, whether they're at home, um, whether they need additional support, uh, whatever we can provide. Um, and I think we were all pretty cautious over the past year. Uh, for families, especially, I felt like church was one of those third spaces, not not work or school. So it did become somewhere where it was easy to stay home and take in the online content. Um, but I do truly believe that going into this next year that online life can only take us so far because we need connection, we need each other, um, and so do kids, and they really need that routine and consistency. So of course, there's, there's a time when it's great to be able to be home and take in the Bible teaching online, the worship online, especially for folks who are maybe immunocompromised or can't get to church. Um, but I think this year we'll be encouraging folks to make being there in person a priority. I know in your world uh, specifically, you spent uh, a lot of time in this last year focusing particularly on the kids program in Welland. That was another mm -hmm. kind of area of focus where you'd been around St. Catharines and your family had been around St. Catharines for some time, but you almost, when we reopened, transitioned to be, uh, you know, kind of a, a core player in our Welland mm -hmm. location, in our Welland Kids Ministry. Um, how's that gone? And, and uh, you know, what are we looking at as far as, you know, kind of moving forward in that regard? Yeah, so me and my family, we'd been in St. Catharines for nine years, so it was a huge uh, shift to, to switch to Welland uh, as our kind of home church, if you will. Um, and I mean, with, like all transitions, you know, there were challenges at first and, uh, you know, the kids and Greg had to get used to new building and new people, but we felt super welcomed. Uh, it's a great community in Welland and we feel super connected to that community now. And I think, um, being there, it's been great to build relationships with our, our volunteers and parents. And I think uh, that has built a lot of trust and that um, families are pretty engaged in Welland. Um, and I, in this upcoming year, uh, I'm going to be trying to keep building that and maintaining that while also supporting families at the other locations, especially in St. Catharines a bit more. Yeah, like it feels like in this past year, especially with the relaunch, like Welland has massively stabilized and their kids ministry now is thriving in so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, to kind of rejig the perspective and say, okay, now let's pay some attention to some of these other locations and especially St. Catharines will mm -hmm. probably be an area of focus for us this year. So for people yep. who are listening, especially from St. Catharines wondering, well, where, where's our kids pastor been and what's going on? And um, we do have a couple really great leaders who will be kind of anchor presences uh, in uh, Carly, uh, our youth pastor, and uh, our family life admin, Jen uh, Sertiz, who starts in September. So uh, we're anticipating to be able to provide some really good leadership in St. Catharines as well, and I think are, are excited about that. When you, when you put on your parent hat, Jade, what, what is exciting you about how our kids' ministry is launching this fall? Um, yeah, I feel as a parent, I love that the 
the materials that we're using to teach kids really focus on Jesus. Um, I'm excited about my kids being involved in the full life of our church in a greater way, which is going to be another focus for this upcoming year. Um, that, you know, when kids are with us for worship, I want them to be fully engaged and fully there. Or if we're talking about serving in our anchor causes, how can we make that um, more accessible for kids and families to participate? So I feel excited about that um, for my own kids and also in the relationships they're building. Um, you know, seeing them make friends and want to come to see their friends when they're at church or super excited for their leaders, you know, oh, is Emma going to be my leader today? Um, you know, that's super encouraging as a parent. Um, as a pastor, give us a bit of kind of the State of the Union on just the pulse of kids these days. Like, how are they doing? You know, where are they at when it comes to you know, faith attitudes and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kids, you know, I think they, a lot of kids have struggled, um, with mental health, uh, and with loneliness and with connection. Um, and I think we see that reflected in their attitude, uh, towards God and in their spiritual health. Um, and so, like I said, we've tried to meet them where they're at, but I think that kids, uh, need what they've always need needed, which is to be seen, known and loved. They need people to know their names, to know what's important about them, to care about them. And that actually helps introduce them to the heart of God. Um, I think that kids are curious. They have a lot of questions and they're often not afraid to ask them. They're not afraid to point out inconsistencies that they see. Um, yeah, and I also think I, I read something about um, a cattle herder in Australia and these farms that have all these cattle, uh, they can wander free. They don't have fences. They don't have walls. Uh, they kind of have free reign, but they don't run away. And the reason that they don't run away and wander is because there's a well at the center of the farm um, that the cattle come back to. And it, that well provides that life-giving water that they need, and it draws them in. And I think that's true of kids as well. They don't want and they don't need fences and boundaries around God or um around their faith, they need to be drawn in and they need to, to be captivated. Same question when it comes to parents. And we talk about partnering with parents. Do you have a sense of the pulse of parents these days, especially like you said, you know, kind of coming out of the pandemic and now that we're sort of re-engaging again, I know we're not totally out of it, but you know, we're starting to get into the, uh, the, the post pandemic rhythms of life. Mm-hmm. I think the spring was, uh, really overstretching for a lot of parents. Um, you know, when things opened back up and we got to the end of the school year, I know for me personally as well, it just felt like this frenetic pace and there was so much happening and so many commitments. Um, and uh, I think, and I've heard from a lot of people um, that the summer has been a chance to kind of rest and reset, to maybe take a vacation or have some family time. Um, and so I think parents are being... Uh, or wanting to be, even if it's hard to implement it, um, intentional about how they invest their time as a family and what they commit to over the upcoming year. Um, and I think they just need to feel supported. They need to know that their kids are, are looked after and that they're going to have fun and learn about Jesus when they're here. And they need to feel supported uh, at home and, and not judged for their personal choices. 
Yeah, our, our teaching series that we're launching into in big church uh, this weekend is actually, you know, kind of focused on that sense that you're getting of especially young families coming out of the pandemic where I've talked with so many people that it feels like have gone from this focus of the battlefield that was the pandemic to now a focus on the treadmill or the rat race that is the frenetic pace of post-pandemic life with no recovery in between. And it's almost like there's this sense of even greater exhaustion now in the real life coming out of the pandemic that that people are experiencing because they haven't been able to get their bearings. And I hope that the summer, and I hope especially for people listening from Southridge that will take advantage of this month in August to really be able to kind of like you said, hit the reset and, and refresh, slow things down and and learn how to recover, not just from the pandemic, but in the ongoing rhythms of our of our lives. The 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 new normal of a sustainable pace that people can thrive and not just survive, I think is gonna be really critical for people mm-hmm. and for families. Exactly. Um I wanted to give some time, Jade, uh to you pitching some recruitment because I know that in the way that these programs try to drive a lifestyle of full devotion, a lifestyle of partnering with parents, investing in the home and things like that, you know, we still do need people to participate together and use our gifts to drive these programs. So uh, describe for us, for starters, uh, some of the ways that people can be involved in kids ministry this year. What are the various roles and, you know, how can they serve? There are so many different ways that people could be involved in kids ministry. Um, We couldn't run kids ministry programs without people volunteering their time and their hearts to be part of them. Um, And so we're always super grateful for all of our leaders and we always want them to to feel appreciated and to feel connected with each other and to feel poured into. Um, So I would say it's a great team to be a part of. Um, You could be involved in Sunday mornings in any of those age groups that I mentioned above. At each of our locations, we have a handful of um, spots that we need filled. And you'll be hearing more of that over the next couple months because we really want to be able to give our kids a super fun experience um, and engage them. And that means we need a few more people uh, there on Sunday mornings. Uh, We could also use people during the week. So if you, you know, have a gift of wanting to make the classrooms look a bit more fun or be involved in preparing the programs or maybe some design in some of our spaces. Um, you know, we would love to have people, if you have an hour during the week or if a young person wants to do a co-op or something, um, we'd love to make those opportunities available as well. And I would also just say that we're not, you know, you don't need to have 30 years of experience or be a teacher or have any kind of special training or wisdom. Um, we just need people who care about kids and who care about the church and who love Jesus uh, to raise their hand and be part of this ministry because it really does take all of us. We kind of, I've been using the analogy that it's kind of all hands on deck. Like we need everybody's hand in the huddle, no matter what your hand looks like or what your experiences have been. Um, that we need people who could be these role models for kids and care about them. Um, and kind of the more, you know, the more people who are involved, the lighter the load for everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, you know, if I'm listening and I don't have kids, I've never had kids. I'm not a trained teacher. I'm not that familiar even maybe with the Bible. Um, but I'd love to see kids love Jesus and move closer to Jesus. 
you know, what are some ways that I could serve or what does it take in my heart, my gifts, my time, you know, sort of, does that person have what it takes to serve in kids ministry? My, the short answer is yes, <laughs> they do. The long answer is uh, you don't have to have it all figured out. Uh, you don't have to have the Bible memorized or, you know, like I said, be a teacher. Um, you need to care about kids, care about Jesus, and want to be learning. Um, so, we, you know, everybody has all different gifts, and those can be used in different ways. You know, if, if your gift is prayer, we have people on our prayer team who actually focus on praying for kids and families. So people could be part of that team, or even that's just good to know, to let us know if you have anything that we can be joining you in praying for. Um and then, yeah, we need people, you know, if you know somebody with kids, if you have people in your life who have kids, get to know those kids, get to know their names, care about them, um, you know, let them know that they're supported. And then, yeah, at the church for Sunday mornings, there's so many different roles from checking kids in on the computer and making families feel welcome to being a small group leader in our elementary program and really helping connect with the kids and build that relationship, to teaching our preschoolers, holding babies in the nursery, um, you know, there's such a variety of different things, which makes it lot, lots of fun. Um, and it's just great that, to show the kids what it means to be the church together and show them this diverse group of people who care about partnering together in this ministry. Yeah, there's kind of two real values in, in participating in this ministry as a, as a volunteer. One is you get to make a difference in kids' lives, mm-hmm. revealing Jesus to them to a greater degree. And you get to join this team, this fun, equipped, supported uh, team of people. And so from those two perspectives, maybe, you know, take a minute, give us your best sort of sales pitch, uh, for someone listening to invest their year, uh, into your area of ministry. Yeah. Like you said, we, you know, the kids need you to be teaching them. Um, and we also want to be equipping you. And we also think that joining this team is a great way to be growing in your own faith. I know that when, um, kids ask me questions and I have to think of an answer that's tangible and concrete and kind of makes sense that it helps me grow in my faith. It helps me grow in my relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, being around them and their energy and their fresh eyes and their questions and curiosity kind of opens the door and helps us to, to embrace that and live that as well. Um, so I would say just reach out. I'm actually going away again in August for a couple of weeks for my brother's wedding. And it would make me so happy to come home and have a couple emails in my inbox of people uh, saying, you know, they're interested in serving or wanting to ask more questions. Um, so if you, you know, like I said, have any of if any of this tracks with you or um, if you've thought about this before or if you're looking to get more involved in Southridge, then I would encourage you to, to give some prayer time um, to kids ministry and, you know, reach out and, and I'd love to get together for coffee. Fantastic. Jade, thanks for being here. I'm wondering if you have any sort of final encouragements or challenges to both our Southridge and the, the broader leaders who, who listen to our podcast. When it comes to, I don't even want to say raising the leaders of tomorrow because we view our kids and our developing young adults as our today, not just our future. So any, any final thoughts or encouragements or challenges when it comes to our family ministry and this emerging generation of people in our community? Yeah. I mean, when we invest in or disciple kids, we don't always see the return on that investment until many years later and um, until we see how they grow up and how their faith is shaped. 
but we also know that kids have a ton to contribute right now. Um, they have a ton of value they, and they are eager. They want to be part of the church. They want to be leading or involved in videos or worship. Um, so many youth want to serve in, uh, with our younger kids as soon as they're able to. And I think that eagerness and that excitement is contagious and that we just need to be open to catching it. Um, I also think that, you know, we just need to open our eyes and, I, and ears and I'd encourage everyone to just listen to kids, even if the things they say when they're little, like the things that are big deals to them might not seem like a big deal to us, but if we don't show our interest to those big things when they're little, then they're not going to tell us the big things when they're older or ask us the the big questions that they have. Um, I met somebody a couple weeks ago from our St. Catherine's location, and she uh, was telling me that her grandson, um, you know, he often points things out or has this kind of connection to Jesus um, that you would miss if you weren't open to it. And one day he told her that, he just walked in and he, he said, you're, you're a Sunday school teacher. Yo, you're one of my Sunday school teachers. I know you are. And she listened to that and she reached out and she's joining our um, preschool junior kids team as a teacher in that ministry. And I just think it's awesome that, that she listened to that call from her, her grandchild. And I think that we should all be open to hearing what kids have to say and the encouragement that they provide to us as well. That's awesome. Let's not just make this about ministering to kids. Let's be ministered by kids in the reciprocity and the, the, the unity and diversity of what it means to be a family of God together. So, Jay, thanks for being here. Uh, all the best this month, uh, not only with your trip, but uh, with your August recruitment and, uh, and your prep for the fall. Uh, we love what's going on in kids ministry and are thrilled to be part of this church family together. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. To all of you who are tracking with us today, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody.